When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Lord. 
And they say the economy is bad. Well, not really. Not when you're, uh, not when there's, what, what was, I think a Black Friday was like $5 billion. Something ridiculous. Today being Cyber Monday, so I'll go out there and make some deals. To me, every day is kind of Cyber Monday. What I hate is when I buy things and then like two weeks later they go on sale, so then I have to rebuy them and then return the other ones. It's just kind of a pain. That's a major, major pain. I guess Sears had some deals, coffee machine deals, all kinds of fun stuff going on. So get your Christmas shopping done early. I want to thank everybody for the emails. Great, great conversations from, from the last podcast. Uh, some people seem to really enjoy the topic. I had, uh, I think, Derek from Colorado. Uh, Derek had written in uh, saying that he enjoyed the podcast, made his son listen to it because the topics were, were a topic that he felt his kids needed to listen to. And I think, you know, the topic was effort and, and going hard and, and quit making excuses and not being prepared for life and not knowing how to live on your own. And again, I, I really believe that that is the parent's responsibility and it's also environmental. You know, and Derek just wrote a great email that he made his kids listen to it and then uh, they had a big discussion about it. And, and it really comes down to, you know, I've always been a firm believer that kids behave according to how their parents raise them. And if people are not used to paying bills, and it's just – there's certain things I hate. I hate people that are just unprepared for life. You know, I have a bill – like it's coming on the beginning of the month. So at the beginning of the month, I have to pay bills. I don't wait for the bill collector to contact me to say, hey, you got to pay your bills. I know I have to pay a mortgage. So I pay the mortgage before the mortgage company asks me to pay them. It's called just typical basic life responsibilities. You know, I run out of food. I go buy food. I don't wait for someone to deliver it to me. You know, I have responsibilities. And for me, it's really shocking how, these, how so many kids live at home. Okay, why are you living at home when you're 30? Why are you living at home? Oh, well, I want to save money. I want to save money. If I live at home, I don't have to pay the bills. I can just hang out. And I don't have to pay any rent or mortgage, and, and then I can just save my money. Oh, okay. So how much money have you saved? Well, I got a couple grand. <laughs> how long have you been living at home since you were 18? You've been living at home and you're 30, and you got 10 grand in the bank. That's it? You've been living at home from the ages that you should be on your own as soon as you're 18. That's my opinion. You should move out of the house. But. If you're, you know, okay, let's imagine you live at home when you're in college, which I think makes you a loser. But let's assume you lived at home until you were going through college, and let's say you graduated at 23. So that's seven years after you graduated, you're living at home, and you save 10 grand, you save a little over $1,000 a year when you have no bills. No bills. Oh, I have bills. I have credit card bills and insurance. What are you talking about? You don't pay rent. You don't pay electricity. You don't pay for any bills other than the bills that you want to pay for. And you've only saved $1,000 a year? I'll tell you right now. If I'm not paying a mortgage and I'm not paying any electric or, or gas 
or out here in the East, oil, if I'm not paying any of those bills, I promise you one thing, I'm saving a lot more than a grand a year. I mean, right there, that's like three grand a month. So you do that times 12, you're looking at $36,000 that you are not responsible for. And you've saved 10 grand in 10 years. 10 grand in five years. That's ridiculous. And I had this conversation with a former player of mine. You, you don't pay any mortgage. You, you don't pay anything. You've been living at home. If you live at home for four years, for four years you live at home without any mortgage or bill payments, you should, in four years' time, you should have $40,000. You let me live with someone for four years. I will be $40,000 richer, richer. I guarantee it. Let me move in with my brother, and I'll pay him 500 bucks a month. And I'm going to, at the end of four years, I'm $40,000 wealthier than I would be if I had to live on my own. So if you're going to live with your parents, I would hope when you graduate from uh, childhood at the age of 30, that you have thirty to $50,000 in the bank. Then when you move out on your own, and you're lost, at least you got some money. At least you got 40 grand to get you through it. It, may, it makes no sense to me the way people think. What happens is they get comfortable, and they just love their life. They live at home, and they don't have any bills, and they just make money, and then they go spend it. People don't know how to live on their own. It's not as easy as you think. It's just frustrating. And that was a topic we got into uh, a couple of weeks ago. And it's just like, it's society in general. You know, you know I've, I'm a firm believer that sports, the old quote, sports reveals character. It doesn't develop it. You know, I think that's wrong. I think you can develop character in sports. But initially it does reveal it. When you're playing a sport or coaching a sport, your, your character is initially revealed. And then after that assessment, then I do believe there is a way to develop and improve your character and your, and your ways. But it really does – if you grew up in an entitled area where mommy and daddy did everything for you and you had no responsibilities and no bills and no payments, then it's hard to coach you. It is hard to coach, in my opinion – it is hard to coach kids, boiled rotten brats. It is it is difficult. I think you can go back throughout. I think if you did a, this would be fun. Like I wish I could just have independent wealth where I could just do these little studies. But one study I'd like to do is look at every professional athlete in every sport and do a background on them. I would say 90% of all the professional athletes came from modest to below modest means. I think it's very rare that you have an entitled, spoiled, rotten brat make it all the way, unless they were sons of daughters of athletes. 
I think it's very rare that you just have the son or daughter of a very wealthy family that didn't play sports make it all the way because they don't understand the work ethic area of it. They don't understand the work ethic. They, they, they're not used to working hard for things. They just go home and get a pair of shoes. Mommy lives with them. Mommy cooks for them. Mommy cleans for them. Mommy pays the bills. I don't know how as a parent you allow your child to live with you until you're 30. I don't know how a parent allows that. I'd be like, dude, get out of the house, man. You are a major loser. Obviously, that also means that you probably don't have a girl or or a dude. It's very hard to bring over a, bring a date home to mommy and daddy's house. I think that'd be really awkward. You know, you know the first thing I think of, and again, I'm just speaking to you honestly. I'm going to say things to you that everyone thinks, but no one would tell you. If I meet a guy and he's like, yeah, I, I lived at home until I was 30. The first thing I think of is that you've never had a girlfriend. That's the first thing that pops into my mind. If you lived at home until you're 30, then you've never had a girlfriend. That, that's a fact. Because I don't know too many girlfriends that go home to mommy and daddy's house. Unless you're mooching off of her and living with her. Either way, you're, you're kind of a loser on that department. Not that not having a girlfriend makes you a loser, because it really doesn't. Because trust me, there's many days I wish I did. 30 years old, living at home. I know one thing, that you're probably virgin-like in the Department of Relationships. Then I know you're not very independent. Then I know you're weak. Then I know you're a mama's boy. There's a lot of things that go into it when I find out you've been living at home since you're 30. I mean, then I go out there and I got to coach these kids. So I'm coaching these young kids and trying to preach to them, you will not live at home when you are 19. You'll be in college and you'll be on your own. You do not let mommy and daddy do your dishes and mommy and daddy do your laundry and mommy and daddy pay your bills. You do it yourself. You go out and shovel some snow. You earn your keep. You don't just, you know, mooch. And when you have bills, pay them. If you owe somebody money, pay them. And you wonder why our country is where it is. You wonder why Donald Trump is president? Because we're tired of it. We're tired of the politicians lying to you. And, and, and being bad parents. Because in reality, the politicians are kind of like your parents. Now Hillary's out there recounting the votes. Come on, man. It's just typical politician, right? She goes on, on national TV and she rips Donald Trump because he's been whining about the thing is rigged. And, he, and she's like, well, in politics, you accept your, your outcome and you move on. You don't, you don't whine about it. You don't, you don't complain about it. You don't investigate. You don't make lawsuits. You don't do that. That's not what politician. What does she do? Exactly what she said not to do. That's just typical for a politician. And politicians spin and lie. Kids are raised. If you want something, go out and get it. Go put out the effort. And if you want to be successful in the world I live in, you have to work for dirt cheap money for years. Now, luckily for me, I was working for nothing when I was 22, 23, 24, not when I was 30, 31, 32. I paid my dues early when I didn't have a lot of responsibilities, didn't really own a house. I, I, could, I could pay my dues and work jobs that I didn't make a lot of money. But then at the, at the end of those two, three years of quote-unquote internships, 
paycheck started rolling in. But today, kids don't start that process until they're 30. I don't want to hear your excuses. I was talking to a kid the other day because he wants to go Division One, and right now he's a Division Two player. He doesn't have Division One offers, and he's given me all these reasons. Coach, I'm not one of my coach's favorites. Are you kidding me? Oh, well, this, that, this, that. Here's why you don't have any Division One offers. Let me tell you why. Uh, you're not good enough. There you go. Do you honestly think if you were good enough, you wouldn't have any offers? Now, if you were good enough and you didn't have any opportunities, I, I can see that. But you've had opportunity. You've been at games. You've been at camps. You've been at tournaments. So the bottom line is you're not good enough. So you've got to get better. Quit your whining and quit pointing to everyone else as being the reason why you're not where you want to be. And go get into a gym and work on your game because your game sucks. If you don't like where you are in life, then you go out and you do something about it and you quit whining. Or accept your place in life and move on. I don't know how people do it. I don't know how people can wake up every day unhappy. I don't know how that's possible. I'd rather be poor and happy than rich and sad. See, money does not make you happy. What makes you happy is waking up every day knowing that you can't wait for the day to get started, doing what you love to do for a living. And I've always lived that way. I am a very selfish person when it comes to that. I want to do what makes me happy. Yeah, I'll sacrifice. I sacrificed on Saturday. I didn't want to go out and do the things. I Where we went out to watch some garbage, low-level D1 game, and then I had to walk around the mall and go shopping wasn't what I really wanted to do. I wanted to stay home and watch the games. So I sacrificed. I recorded the games, and I went out and made people happy, and they wanted to spend time together. We did it. It turned out to be a lot of fun. That's a sacrifice you can make. But I'm not doing that every day. I'm not living my life that way. If I'm hanging out with people that, that, are, that are wanting me to do things I don't want to do, then I'm moving on. Coaching, you really get to see how – Coaching is a great business to kind of see where your society is at. And when you see lack of effort, you see lack of direction, lack of discipline, you see coaches doing poorly, that you can really see where the country is. And, and the country's gone soft. And you see that when you're a coach. So when a kid doesn't play hard or doesn't get better and doesn't improve, that's a reflection on coaching. That's not a reflection on parenting. I'm sorry. That's a reflection on parenting. There's no other way around it. That's bad parenting. Now we'll move on to sports. And Derek, I appreciate the email. I got a lot of great emails. So maybe if you're a parent of a kid that's thinking about living at home forever, you can play this for him. Great games this weekend. And, again, you get to see – where our society is. You see Michigan, Ohio State, and the game lived up to the hype. It was a great game. But as soon as they lose, Harbaugh's making excuses. Harbaugh's blaming the refs. The refs probably did make a couple bad calls. But you know who else made some bad calls? You. How about that? Why don't you walk in there and say, you know what? I I understand the moment, and I understand your anger, because trust me, I've been there, and I hate referees. They're hideous. 
in every sport. But you have to factor that into your game plan. I would have gone into that post game and been like, you know what, I was very unhappy with some of the calls that were made. But bottom line is this. You can't throw pick sixes. Can't do that. You can't turn the ball over at the, in, in, the, in the red zone. Can't do it. Opportunities, and we did not come through. They had fourth downs. We allowed them to get close enough to where the referee could be a factor. Bottom line is we needed to make plays at certain points, and we did not make them. And that's what you're supposed to say. That's what you're supposed to say. But but Harbaugh, like many parents and coaches and administrators, don't take responsibility. They point fingers. A friend of mine whose kid made the B team, not the A team, out in Texas. He has, well, he has two kids. One kid made the A team, the other one made the B team. And he thinks the reason why the kid made the B team is politics. I said, in reality, it's probably not. It's probably the fact that your your other son just isn't very good. So who cares? He's 15, 14. If he doesn't like being on the B team, then maybe he needs to get in the gym and start working, and then next year he'll be on the A team. But if politics was a factor, then both your kids would have been on the B team. He gets mad. He's angry. Well, why are you getting into this debate? You don't know what you're talking about, DT. What are you talking about? I said, listen, if it was political, why is your other son on the A-team? Well, because he's, he's really good. and you can't, he, There's no way he can be on the B-team. Uh, then why is your other kid on the B-team? Because he's not really good. And you can't put him on the B-team without anybody questioning it. Why are you saying, is your son hearing you say that it's the coach's fault, it's politics? Because that's garbage. All I would say to my son when I got home is, Listen, son, uh, you're not good enough to be on the A-team. Regardless of what you think, those that evaluated you thought you were a B player. So get in the gym. Or accept being a B player. It's up to you. Hey, how did you get a D in this class? Oh, teacher doesn't like me. I'm not one of his favorites. Are you kidding me? What do your scores say? Are your scores subjectively graded? Or is there like you know a right and a wrong answer? Because if you got the if your scores don't add up, that that that's that's not political. It's hard for you to have a ninety two percent average and you get a D. But there's massive incompetence in in the sports world as well as anything else. Uh, you know I know that it, it seems to me like in the world of sports. Nobody can just make the right decision. The best sport is hockey because they make changes in the rules immediately. But I don't understand, like, college football is just run by some absolute morons. And it's all about money. It's bank. That's it. And that's why I think a lot of us old-timers, old-school guys, we're a little bitter because back in the day, yeah, there was money involved, but not like it is now. Back in the day, the NBA was not run by money. It was run by the sport. Nobody, nobody was making that kind of money. Now you're playing best of sevens, and, and you know, it's just there's no chance for an underdog to ever win. I'll get on to baseball in a minute, but, I mean, basketball. 
But it, it's the college football people are so stupid. Then they go to this four-team playoff. It is just dumb. What is the point of a four-team playoff? What is the point? Is it because if you added eight, if you put eight teams in the playoffs, that's too much time away from school? Is that what the problem is? What is the problem? Because they're not in school in December anyways. Most of the schools are not in. They're not in session. Is it money? Because if you went to eight teams, you have a lot more money. Is it tradition? Really? Are we going to keep using that word tradition? The tradition should have went out decades ago. What did the people say back when Jackie Robinson played? It's tradition not to have African-Americans play. Oh, really? What is the reason? It's just asinine stupidity. It's kind of like people who make the iPhone, right? People who make iPhones and make technology, great right away. Well, because they need to make money. So they just do a little bit of an improvement so that every year they can just keep adding and adding and adding. And you keep got to buying the new phone. You keep got to buy, have to buy a new phone because now it's water resistant. Why did they make it water resistant right in the beginning? Well, now you can get, my phone has 265, whatever it is, 256 gigabytes. Why couldn't you have done that right away? The screen's bigger now. Why couldn't you do that right away? Other products do. But you just don't want to put the best product out there because you want the consumer to keep coming back and buying more and more and more. That's not why you're doing it in the, in the in college football. There's no point to it. It is such an easy fix, but because you have absolute morons in charge who are actually extremely stupid, like they might be smart to these people logically, like at a party or a social setting. They are extremely stupid. They are stupid nerd dorks that can't speak sports. I would love to be in a room with these losers and say, hey, why is there only a 14 playoff? What's the point of that? I'm trying to imagine what they would say. Well, if you went to eight teams, that's too many games. It's not too many games. It's one more game for two teams. Okay, if that's the problem, then let's cut the regular season down one game. For those teams that you know are not teams that you know have a chance to be in that final eight, then maybe they play one less preseason game, one less at-large game. Okay, there's that answer. That answer is soft. Why are why is there only four teams? The schedule won't won't allow for there to be. More. Oh yeah, there is. Because after this week, pretty much everyone's done. So you're done on December third. And then you might not play again until January 8th or January 1st. So there's three weeks right there. You, you, could, you could play on the third, take a week off. I talked about this last week. And play your first-round playoff game on the 17th, your second round around the 24th, and then the championship game right around January 1st. No, we, we are stupid. So we have to go into this stupid ranking system with a committee of dorks that don't know what they're doing. So, we're, so right now, Michigan's on there. I, I would assume that the, the, the rankings come out tomorrow. I would assume it's going to be Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Washington. 
Now, Washington's going to have to beat Colorado. Otherwise, I think Michigan might sneak in. Or what happens to Wisconsin and Penn State? So let's assume it ends like this. Let's assume Washington beats Colorado. So now Michigan's out. Let's assume Wisconsin beats Penn State. They're out. Oklahoma beats Oklahoma State. They're out. It's just real stupid. It takes the intelligence of a pit ant to figure out how to fix this problem. And I've said it a million times. Maybe one of these moron losers is listening. There's five super conferences, right? ACC champion. Not, not the one that you think is the best. The champion of the ACC. That means you have to go through the process, win your division, play in the championship game, and win that. So the winner of the ACC, that's Clemson, let's say. Okay, there's one team. Winner of the Big 12, which does not have a championship game. Let's assume that's going to be Oklahoma. There's number two. Winner of the Big 10. Let's assume that's Wisconsin. There's number three. I'm talking about the power conferences here. Winner of the Pac-12, let's assume that's Washington. That's four. Winner of the SEC, that's Alabama. There's your five teams. Now you have three spots open to you. You can go with the winner of the American Athletic if you want, which I don't think would be possible. Who's the best team in that division? Probably Navy. You can go with the winner of the of Conference USA, which would never happen. I'm not going to say never. Who Who's winning that division? I have no idea. I have no idea. You could take an independent like Notre Dame or BYU or Army. You could take the Mid-American champion if you want. Eastern Michigan, Central Michigan. You could take the winner of the Mountain West. Boise State, Air Force. You can take the winner of the Sun Belt, Idaho. You got three at-large bids. Anyone in those three bids. You could take Michigan if you thought they were a good team. You could take Ohio State because they didn't win their division. So you could take of those of those remaining spots. You have three spots open. For, for who you think deserves to be in there. And in this year's playoff, that would probably be Michigan, Ohio State, and maybe USC. Now you've got eight teams. You, you rank them one to eight if you like. That's where the subjectivity comes in. doesn't matter. You rank them one to eight. Most people can assume how those rankings would go. And I think if you rank the teams I just mentioned, one through eight, I think the number eight seed would be Wisconsin. Seven would be USC. Six, trying to figure out who I would put at six. Probably Clemson, three Michigan, two Ohio State, one Alabama. There you go. And then you do a playoff. 
Okay, first round, you got four games. You can turn it into a bowl game if you like. You can make them bowl games. You can just call them playoff games. And the first round is going to be December 10th. Now you're down to four. On the 17th, those semifinal games are played on the 17th. Everyone's out of school. On the 17th, you play the final four. Boom, you get two winners. You take off Christmas week, and you play the game on January 1st, 2nd, 3rd. Done. All the other bowl games can go on like they always do, where there's 45 people in the stands. You watch these bowl games. There's nobody watching. New Year's Day, there's some big teams watching. But you take those eight teams out of the equation, the other bowl games are going to still go on, and they're still going to be garbage like they are now. You can have Oklahoma State, Florida State, Louisville, Western Michigan, West Virginia. You can have those teams play. Colorado, Stanford, Auburn, LSU, Iowa, Nebraska. They can all play. Done. End of discussion. There's no complaining. There's no complaining. If you win your division, you are in. And then you get to pick three more teams. Are you kidding me? That that that's it. That that you don't need you don't need sixteen. That's stupid. Not in football. We don't need sixteen teams. We need eight. That's what the that's what the NFL basically does. And there'd be very little debate. You want to get in the playoffs, you win your division. Right now that would mean that Penn State and Wisconsin, whoever wins that game is guaranteed to get in. Make life a lot easier. This was a great weekend for, for college football. I thought it was great games. All over the place. Air Force beat Boise State. I mean, that was on Friday. Boise State, I think, still won their their side of it. But Boise State, New Mexico, Wyoming, all 6-2. and two. Air Force 5-3, and three, Colorado State 5-3. and three. LSU beats Texas A&M. They keep their coach. I think it's a bad move. I don't think he's a very good coach. I just think it's lazy and it's easy. And then Texas got their guy from Houston, so we'll see how that turns out. I don't think he's proven himself either. But he has been in that area for a long time. Washington killed Washington State. Iowa beats Nebraska easily. I told you that was going to happen. Houston got beat by Memphis. That's embarrassing. And then there were some great games on Saturday. The Alabama-Auburn game wasn't great. We didn't think it would be. But the Ohio State-Michigan game, feel for Michigan. They put all their eggs in the basket, and they really did play the better game. They made the mistake that cost them the game. They outplayed Ohio State the majority of that game. And they gave up too many free points. Clemson blew out South Carolina. Wisconsin beat Minnesota rather easily. Penn State blew out Michigan State, although wasn't as easy as the score would reflect at 45-12. to 12. Colorado beat Utah in another good game. Louisville got upset. Told you they were overrated. USC pounded Notre Dame, which kind of surprised me. Florida State beats Florida. Florida sucks, and now they got to go play Alabama in the SEC championship game. That game will be over after one quarter. Vanderbilt upset Tennessee, which is a great interstate rivalry. 
West Virginia beats Iowa State. Stanford beat Rice. Who cares? That's not even a rivalry game. I don't understand that. Navy put up 75 points in beating SMU. Yeah. Miami beat Duke. Oregon State beat Oregon. Cal beat UCLA. UCLA has just fallen off the map. I wonder if they're going to get that. I, I don't know. if Does the staff survive that? New Mexico killed Wyoming in a big game. I think if Wyoming wins that, they're in. And I think they just got smashed. New Mexico has kind of been irrelevant. And they've, they've turned it on a little bit. Who was their guy? Erlacher? I think that's the guy who went to New Mexico. He's a god there. If I got the name right. If you go there now, and you'll see bobbleheads of him. But it was it was a great weekend. It's what college football is all about. Arizona State got smashed by Arizona. TCU beat Texas thirty-one to nine. That's why he got fired. Everyone loved him, but he just couldn't get it done. Missouri beat Arkansas. That's a bad loss for Arkansas. And that's a hideous loss. Missouri was one and six going into that game. Arkansas really had a disappointing finish. So now with all those results, I would assume it's going to be Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Washington, Michigan at five. That's what I'm going to assume. That's what the coaches pick. Actually, the coaches have Wisconsin at five and Michigan at six. I put Michigan at five. Clemson, if one of those two teams loses their championship game, I don't think either one of those two teams should be in there. If Clemson or Washington loses, they should be out. Michigan will be in. If both lose, uh, this is dumb to say, uh, but I, I, I think what would happen is if Oklahoma smashes Oklahoma State, Oklahoma would be the next team in. Right now, Michigan is the first out. I think, I think Oklahoma is the second out, even though they're ranked at seven. Because I don't think you can have a Final Four playoff with three teams from the same conference. You're not going to have Ohio State, Michigan, and then the winner of the Big Ten, which could be Wisconsin or Penn State. I don't think you can do that. So then now because of my because of this busted system, who do you put in? Let's say Washington gets killed by Colorado. Who gets in? Do you put Michigan in even though they got beat twice and did not win their division and did not play or win the Big Ten championship? Or do you put Wisconsin did win the Big Ten Championship, assuming they beat Penn State, even though Michigan beat them. That, that's because the, the, the college football powers that be are absolute morons. That's why. That, that's, that's, that's a hard argument. Who's the better team? Michigan. Who won the Pac-10? Or who won the Big Ten? Wisconsin. Do you leave them both out, just put Oklahoma in, and avoid that argument altogether? They all have two losses, which makes it even, an even argument. 
So, like, to make the committee to, for the committee to avoid any kind of, you know, conflict, controversy, you would hope that Oklahoma smashes Oklahoma State, which is coming in at eleven. It just blows them out, or vice versa. And then the Wisconsin Kent State game comes down to the wire, and somebody wins in overtime. And Washington gets blown out. Then, then you could possibly make the argument that Oklahoma sneaks in. And then you would be able to say you have four teams from four different conferences, which is what they have now if they go with Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Washington. But there, there's going to be a problem. In my system, which is very simple, you add one more game. But in my system, there's no there's no controversy. The winner of Wisconsin-Penn State is in, and so is Michigan. Done. And so is Ohio State. Ohio State's ranked number two, and they didn't win their division either. Now you can make those eighteen those eight teams make the playoffs, and then you can rank them how you want. Just because you won the Big Ten doesn't mean you're the higher rank. You no, you're in. You're in the big dance. Just like in the NCAA basketball tournament. Teams get in, that doesn't mean they're gonna be higher ranked because they won their division or they won their conference tournament. Once you're in, then we reseed you. And then by the way, you should seed them one through eight, and then after the first round you reseed again. Yeah, that's what I would do. It, it's not complicated. But we just have morons. They can't figure it out. And it, it, it will go to eight, but it'll take five or five to ten years before they do go to eight. And they'll be like, wow, why did we do this right away? This seems a lot easier. Well, because you're stupid. And don't give me there's all kinds of red tape and it's not as easy. It's just it's a bunch of garbage. We signed deals. We did this. And it's, no, you didn't. Just shut up. Just like in baseball. Eventually, we're going to have to get a rid, get rid of the balls and strikes by the umpires and go electronic. It's just a matter of time. And don't give me tradition. Because if you're going to have that argument, there should be no replay. There should be no wild card. There should be no interleague play. But no, you have replay, you have interleague play, and you have wild cards. So shut your stupid mouth. Put it, 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 don't tell me it can't be done because they're already doing it in the minor leagues. You have an electronic signal box. When the ball goes in that box, strike. They can buzz. You know, you, you, I don't know how you do I think the minor leagues, I think they have some kind of buzzer. Or something that goes down to the umpire, and the umpire makes the call right away, instantaneous. I don't know how you do it. Figure it out. Train these umpires. You hold this device in your hand. When it vibrates, it's a strike. When it doesn't, it's a ball. Put a, you can put a little red and green light behind home plate. <laughs> it's a strike. It's green. It's a ball. It's red. I mean, it's not complicated. But now you take all the questions out, all the subjectivity. Because these umpires made hideous calls all series long. That way you have no arguing. If it's a strike, it's a strike. You can't complain about it. 
Hockey's the only sport that does things the right way, my opinion. Basketball's got deeper problems. Not as easy as baseball and college football. NFL's problems, too many penalties. I, I watch games on I watch games on uh, DVR. That's how I watch games. Man, it's so much better. I find myself when I'm watching games live, always reaching for the remote, trying to push fast forward. And I'm like, dang it. I'm watching this live. What a bore fest. More commercials and more dead time than action. And I had a discussion with my boy the other day about what sports are better. Look, look, just look back on the sports. Look on the sports year. Who was in the World Series this year? Cubs, Indians. What about last year? Mets, Royals. That's called competitive balance. The Raiders, the Cowboys. Two of the worst teams last year are one and two this year. Atlanta alive. The best team last year, Carolina, horrible this year. That's called competitive balance. You look at the NHL, eight seeds win the Stanley Cup. San Jose Sharks win the Stanley Cup final. You never know in the Stanley Cup who's going to be in the final. You can never predict that. In the NBA, it's a done deal. Great year of Cavs Warriors. There is no drama. None. I mean, there's no way anybody can, can, can tell me that the NBA is great. There's no way. The NBA is the only sport of the major sports in the United States where it is a foregone conclusion. It is over. The only way it's not over is if the Clippers somehow get Paul George or even if they get Rudy Gay. Then you might have some competition. But even then, it's 70% Golden State. And yet you talk to people who don't know sports. They all think the NBA is great. First of all, the caliber of play is bad. Their fundamentals are bad. It's all about breaking in money. It's like going to a movie. It's not a competition. It's like just going to a movie. It's entertainment. The NBA is a bore fest. No drama in the NBA. None. The only drama, I guess, I'll take that back. The only drama is who's going to be the eight seed. There's your drama. Where, where if you are 500, you make the playoffs. Who are the worst teams in the NBA? Well, 76ers in Brooklyn. Wizards, Miami. You think, what's going on there? Orlando, still bad. Detroit, Milwaukee. Right now the Knicks are in the playoffs, which I predicted. But I never thought Miami would be this bad and the Wizards be this bad. I didn't think Detroit would be this bad. But every team is hovering. Because at the top of the pie, you got Cleveland, 13-2. Toronto, everyone's slurping Toronto. Toronto sucks. Don't tell me DeRozan. Come on, man. Then you got the Bulls at three. 
The Bulls are 100 years old each. They're done. Then you have the Atlanta Hawks. They get swept by the Lakers. The Lakers swept Atlanta. And they're the four seed in the East. The Celtics are what the Celtics have always been. Underachievers. Then you got the Hornets, Indiana, and the Knicks. And Indiana's playing hideous. Uh, they're in the playoffs. So let me see. Cleveland versus the Knicks. Hmm, who's going to win that one? Let's go to the West. Well, in the West, you have what you would hope for, three teams. In the East, there's only one team. Uh, it, it, what's it like if you're like a Pacers fan? You have no chance. My, I have a lot of friends that are Celtic fans. They have no chance. They might win a series. And if they do that, throw them a parade. In the West, you have Golden State at 15-2. and two. Then you have San Antonio at 14-3 and three, and the Clippers at 14-4. and four. Those three teams have a – the two teams of Clippers and San Antonio – have a very small chance, very small chance of winning. Clippers have like a 2% chance, unless they make a trade. San Antonio has about a 12% chance. There's no way San Antonio beats Golden State four times. It's over. So the drama is at eight. The Lakers are not eight right now. The Lakers will end up with the bottom, one of the bottom three or four records in the NBA. But right now, they're at eight because they played a lot of East. They just beat Atlanta easily. Memphis at four. Houston at five. Oklahoma City at six. Utah at seven. Lakers at eight. That's going to stay right there with the exception of Portland getting in and the Lakers getting out. All those other teams make it. Who's not making it? The usual suspects. Denver, Sacramento, New Orleans, Minnesota, Phoenix, and Dallas, which is the worst team in the NBA right now. It's the same old, same old, man. What's the difference this year from last year? Dallas is out of the playoffs and Utah's in. Bingo, there you go. What's the difference in the East? Uh, Knicks will probably get in and Detroit's out. Bingo. Done. Uh, maybe another maybe another difference. Charlotte's in. Miami's out. There's your, there's your uh, competitive balance, everybody. The NBA is done. And anybody that's an NBA fan is really kind of a loser, in my opinion. There's no point in watching the games. But I will watch, like, a Minnesota versus Orlando game. Because I kind of want to see the younger guys see how they play. I'm not watching Cleveland pound somebody again. It's just, I don't care what watching Golden State pound the Milwaukee Bucks. It doesn't do anything for me. For me, entertainment and sports is drama. It's the last-second buzzer beater. That's not going to happen too often in the NBA amongst teams that matter. The Clippers are one of the four teams that really have a chance, and they got blown out by 21 last night. The great Cavaliers beat Philly by four because they don't care. The best thing that can happen to the NBA 
is that players get hurt and players get traded and there's balance. Parity, they call it. You know what is great? College basketball. That's what's great. And it doesn't matter your rankings because it doesn't matter. You're going to have to win it all eventually. There's some great games this week. Indiana's going to play North Carolina. That's, that's Wednesday, I believe. That's going to be a fun game. I think we have Duke versus Michigan State. Michigan State's struggling. UCLA did not look that good. They don't look extremely good to me. I, they, they'll get better. They're young. Arizona's okay. Xavier's overrated. Louisville's okay. Gonzaga looks okay. And, and, and college basketball is almost like the NBA, but the beauty of it is it's one-game playoffs. So even the dominant teams, if the NBA was a one-game playoff, oh, now we're talking. How great would that be if I was an NBA commissioner? And I would do it like soccer does it. I would cut the games down to like 50 or 60 so every game matters. And then I would do like a mid-season tournament, like an NCAA mid-season one-game tournament where everybody's in it and it's neutral site, and it's just one game, win or go home. That would be dramatic. That would be fun. The middle of the season, like the NBA Cup. You could win the Cup, and then you could also win the finals. But that, that would be fun. I cut the games down to 50 or 60, and then I would do a little NBA Cup in the middle of the season instead of the All-Star game, because that's a disaster. Do it AAU style. 32 to 16 to 8 to 4 to 2, bang. Five games, five days, one week off, every single game. No travel. You travel to the all-star site. So instead of having an all-star game, let's say the all-star game is in Houston. Instead of having the all-star game in Houston, you have this NBA Cup. And you play these games back to back to back to back to back. So you have, you know, in, in the city of Houston, you have two different sites. University of Houston and maybe the Houston Rockets. And you play these games. East versus West. And if you win, you advance to the next day. And if you lose, you don't. And you play, you know, eight games in a day. How great would that be? Now, I know there's only 30 teams. So you have to find a way to fix that. Maybe you only invite the top 16. Maybe only maybe you do 30 with a couple buys. I don't know. You figure it out. Please don't add two more teams. We don't have enough talent to fill the 30 teams that we have now. Those rosters are depleted. So there's your fix in the NBA. Bring some excitement back. My God. I actually would watch Cleveland versus Philly. If it was win or go home, then the game's over. I want to see Duke play at full strength. I want to see how good they are. There's a good game tomorrow, Duke-Michigan State, although it should be an easy win for Duke. It's, it'll be fun to watch. Michigan State's struggling. They're going to be outside the top 25, but they're going to get in the tournament. They'll be a 6-8 to eight seed, and that's a team you don't want to play. And then Indiana-North Carolina is going to be great. Some future games down the road. Kentucky-Louisville is going to be a great game. And then, of course, Carolina and and, uh, Duke. Those are great games. Kansas-West Virginia. Those kind of games will be fun. Arizona-UCLA. 
I think I'm going to go watch UConn Boston College on Wednesday. That's the plan. So college basketball, we have some good games coming up. Even though it's not college basketball season yet, quote, unquote. St. Mary's beat UAB. I'd like to see St. Mary's play. USC beat Santa Barbara. I don't know if you see, I don't know what's going on there. Games today, Kentucky, Arizona State. I'll watch it. It's in the Bahamas. It should be a blowout, but I'll watch it. That's that's a, that's a highlight for today. Maybe Minnesota, Florida State. I mean, no matter what, games are, are worth watching. Boise State, Oregon. I mean, I'll watch games. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, we have that great game. Uh, Duke. We have Duke and Michigan State, but we also have Wisconsin and Syracuse. I want to watch that one, too. Duke-Michigan State's at 9.30, but before that, that that's going to be a pretty good game, Wisconsin-Syracuse. Every single day, something great, right? That's why we love living here in the States. The reason why living in the States is so great is because of sports. On Wednesday, Purdue at Louisville. That's a good game. ESPN, 7 o'clock, 7.15 to be exact. Then you got the doozy after that. Carolina at Indiana. I mean, that's big time. UCLA, who are they playing? UC Riverside. Really? St. Mary's at Stanford. That should be decent. That's Wednesday. Thursday, if I remember correctly, it's always kind of a dead day, especially when the season starts. Thursdays usually are bad for college basketball. There's nothing really on. Cincinnati at Iowa State would be worth watching. I remember Fridays are pretty bad, too. Alabama at Texas, and we're not talking football. Thursdays and Fridays are pretty bad for college basketball. And Saturday, we would always have those marquee matchups, but not until college football is over. But Saturday, this Saturday, UCLA at Kentucky. Now we'll see. UCLA has played nobody. And now they're going to go at Kentucky. And... Last year, they beat Kentucky, so there's a little bit of anger on their side, although nobody on that roster probably remembers because they're all gone. But Saturday is going to be a fun day. Then you have Gonzaga and Arizona at 530. So it's it's kind of taken over. Air Force is playing Missouri State. Yeah, that's a big game. But now college basketball is kind of coming back into the forefront that college football is winding down. So a couple doozies on Saturday. And where is that uh, UCLA game? Like like what network? But that, that's going to be on CBS. So CBS is starting to get back into it now. It's going to be it's going to be fun. And then there used to be Sunday night games too, or like midday games. But this week's a good week for college basketball. Good stuff. Better than the NBA. Now you look at the NBA schedule. Oh, boy. Today you got uh, Boston at Miami. And there's no games that are intriguing. Oklahoma State at New York would probably be number one. 
Atlanta's going to Golden State. That's a 60-point win. It's a back-to-back, awful loss, and a bad Eastern Conference team that might be seated four right now, but they're going to get smashed. Tomorrow you have uh, Houston at Utah. That's your marquee matchup. Wednesday, the marquee matchup. Uh, It's a struggle, man. I guess Detroit at Boston. What a disaster. Indiana at Portland. Thursday, TNT, right? That's NBA night. Usually on Thursdays you have good games. And this year, now you have Clippers at Cleveland. Okay, those are supposed to be two of the four relevant teams. Cleveland will smash them. Then you have Houston at Golden State. Golden State will smash them. Because Houston wants to play up and down, and that's all Golden State does. The only way you beat Golden State is to slow them down and go half court. If you're lucky. So that's going to be two blowouts, even though three of those teams playing on Thursday are technically supposed to be three of the teams that have a chance. And then on Saturday, I have no idea what game to watch. Phoenix at Golden State. Oh, my Lord. I mean, you can go down each game, and each game is hideous. Sacramento at Washington, disaster, disaster. Charlotte at at Memphis, who cares? The NBA is a disgusting mess. And now we bounce over to the NFL. Great games this weekend. How bad are the Browns? There's only one way to go, and that's up. I think they got some decent pieces. And I actually don't blame their quarterback play either. I think the quarterback play has not been great, but it's not been hideous. But last week was was a pretty good week for uh, the NFL. Even though that Sunday there was no marquee matchups. The Thanksgiving games were great. Detroit is now relevant. They're the team I'm rooting for. They're my favorite team this year. I always pick underdog teams. If the Lions can just win a playoff game, it would be great because you lose your number one receiver and your 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 poster child for your whole entire organization in uh, Megatron. He leaves and you make the playoffs. I think that's great. Happens a lot, by the way. Cowboys, to me, are the best team in football. Peters beat a very bad coach team. But although their quarterback did not play poorly. Tennessee barely hangs on. How do you feel if you're a Bears fan and you see that guy drop that pass? I'll tell you what, my boy from USC did pretty well. Matt Barkley. And they had like 10 drops. The guy drops the pass in the end zone. I mean, he, he could not have been an easier pass. Titans are lucky. And then the coach is smiling after the game. I would not be smiling. They got lucky. Jacksonville is uh, two and nine. I call it the Tebow curse. You could have got Tebow. You're too good for Tebow, and this is what you. This is where you belong. And they had a bunch of free agent signings, and it's done nothing. Julius Thomas. They got the defensive tackle from Denver. I think they got a bunch of guys coming in. Eh. Bengals are done. A lot of it with injury, but they were done before the injuries. 
Ravens are hideous, and they're, they're actually leading that division. Cardinals are done. I told you that. Falcons smashed them. Giants win rather easily. I think Beckham is a problem, as talented as he is. But, I mean, Josh McCown for Cleveland was 25 of 43 for 322 with a touchdown. I mean, that's not hideous. I don't, I don't trust the Giants. I think they're, they, they're always just going to make that big mistake. The Rams are the, one of the three or four worst teams in the NFL. Got smashed. Niners really played tough. Kaepernick had a good game as, as much as it sickens me to say that. But really fought hard and played well, and that's why you play sports. Chargers looked okay, beating the Texans who are overrated. Seattle looked like a mess. I don't think Seattle can beat Dallas. No way, no how. Raiders beat the Panthers, and that was a gutty win. Quarterback goes out. They gave up 25 unanswered points, I believe. Patriots are bored. Just walk through it, barely win at the end. They just don't really care. That Sunday night game was great. I think Kansas City's irrelevant. They have no chance. Kansas City is like one of those teams. What other team would I say is like that? Maybe Seattle. Trying to think of, uh, I'm looking at these teams. Kansas City is the kind of team that if they get a penalty on offense, that series is over. Like, like if, if they get a, a holding penalty and it's like second and 20, that, that, that's done. They're over. If they get a holding penalty on first down and it's first and 20, that series is done. You might as well just punt. That's how they win. No penalties. Grind it out. Run, run, dump off. Three yards at a time, four yards at a time, and then hope your defense makes a big play. Because they're not an offensive juggernaut. New England, Oakland, Ravens, and Texans. And then Kansas City and Miami. No Denver, no Pittsburgh. Of course, that will all change. But Jacksonville, Cleveland, Jets are three and eight. You're looking at who's going to get the first overall pick, and I don't know who's out there. There's nobody I'm looking at out there. And don't tell me Jackson from Louisville because he's a disaster in the NFL. He will be a disaster. He will. He's he is softer than RG three. You hit that boy once, he'll break in half. But New England at nine and two, Miami at seven and four. Buffalo six and five. At least they're relevant. Ravens and Steelers, six and five. Texans six and five. Tennessee six and six. Colts five and six. This is the division. Raiders 9-2, Chiefs 8-3, Broncos 7-4. Chargers are not bad at 5-6. In the East, Dallas at 1, Giants at 2. There's no way that Dallas relinquishes that. Thursday night should be a good game. Dallas at Minnesota. We'll look at that. Detroit 7-4, Minnesota 6-5. 
Green Bay, four and six. Wow. They played at night. Atlanta, seven and four. Tampa, six and five and looked good. Saints, six and six. And Carolina at four and seven. I couldn't be happier. Seattle, seven and three is overrated. And the Cardinals are four and six, four, six and one. Barely ahead of the Rams. That's how bad they are. The way it's looking to me, it's going to probably be Dallas and Seattle, and Dallas is going to blow them out. In the AFC, I have to say it's going to be, I mean, who knows there. I think it's going to be New England and Denver. It might be New England and Kansas City. It might be New England and Pittsburgh. But I do know New England's going to be in there. And I don't think that's going to be a blowout. I think that Belichick has made some moves that I don't agree with, and I think it's going to hurt that team in the end. But I do expect them to be in the Super Bowl. And right now, Dallas is going to win the whole thing, which is going to make me vomit because of Jerry Jones. So let's look at the schedule coming up. We have a pretty good game tonight, I think. Dallas and Minnesota is one of the few Thursday night games that actually matters. I I think Minnesota could pull this off. At home, with that dome, loud. Both teams are coming off of regular weeks, so you can't say short weeks. Because they both play Thursday, now they're playing Thursday again. I think this will be a big challenge for, for, you know, that team. We'll see what kind of, uh, you know, we'll see how Dak does. I think he'll do well, but this will be this will be the most adversity he will go under to this point. I think that crowd's going to be loud. That defense is solid, but the key is they have that dominating offensive line. That's all that matters. Dak Dak is doing great. Don't get me wrong, and so is Elliott. But that offensive line is the key to everything. Everybody, calm down. Because if both those boys were on Cleveland, you wouldn't be seeing the same kind of success. Kansas City, Atlanta next week. That's going to be a great game. Detroit and New Orleans. That's a good game. Rams at New England. Should be over right after kickoff. Denver at Jacksonville will not be easy for Denver. And some former players on that Jacksonville team. Houston at Green Bay. you got two teams struggling. That, that's going to be a good game. Philly at Cincinnati, I think, should be a Philly win, but that's going to be a good game. Miami at Baltimore, good game. San Francisco at the Bears. Both teams suck. That's a good game. Buffalo has to win at Oakland. That's a good game. Giants at Pittsburgh. That's a good game. Redskins at Arizona, that's a good game. Tampa at San Diego, I like San Diego in an upset. That's a good game. And then Sunday night, Carolina at Seattle. The worst game of the week is Monday night, which is normal. Indy at the Jets, nice. Sunday, every game is significant. Next week, every game is a good game with the exception of Monday night. And to be honest with you, the Monday night game is pretty even. They're both equally crappy. Next Sunday is is one of the best Sundays in the NFL. 
this year. The teams off are Tennessee and Cleveland. Next week, I'm looking forward to that. So I know I know that next week there's some teams with buys. I think that's the last time we have buys. So the NFL is going to start picking up a notch. Tonight we have Green Bay at Philly, and, and that's a pretty good matchup because both teams really do have to win. And for Monday night, that's a rarity that the game is actually decent with decent teams involved. So, so that's going to be uh, – that's going to be interesting. You know, going back to that Carolina-Oakland Raider game, you know, watching Cam Newton, he, makes, he scores some touchdowns. He looks back, starts talking trash to the crowd, putting his finger up to his lips like, shh. It's just like, dude, can you just ever learn to shut up? Can you just ever learn to just shut up? Tom Brady. Be like Wilson with the Seahawks. Just play. Don't, don't. Don't do your dap. Don't do your little stupid shh. Don't do your little thing. Just play. That's why you're a clown. That's why everybody rips you. Just play the game. It's annoying. And he got beat in the end. So there you go. And all your dap didn't get you a Super Bowl either. And you hold the ball forever. And they got stripped again at the end of the game. I just think he's underrated. I think he is a little bit like LeBron in the fact that he is just a physical specimen. He is amazing. He is big and strong, can run. But as the passer goes, not very good. And you heard what Denver said last year. That's why he got upset in that interview and he left, because he overheard the Denver Broncos defensive players talking about, we had to make him pass the ball. We knew if we made him pass the ball, we were going to win. And that's kind of the MO against against, uh, Carolina. If you can make the running game insignificant and make make him have to beat you with the pass, he'll hit a couple, but at the end of the day, he's going to throw a pick six or he's going to fumble it. Each of those things happened. So there you go. That, that Sunday night game was great, though. I think it was a bad decision for Kubiak to try and kick a 62-yarder. Although you are in Denver. What if Philly wishes they had him back? So Dallas is going to have a home game in the playoffs. You know the kind of team that could beat Dallas? A healthy Carolina could beat Dallas. But Carolina won't get in. Seattle, yeah. You know, they could if they were just, if they were sinking on all cylinders. And Dallas's defense is not dominating. And Seattle's supposed to have a pretty good defense. I mean, if, if, you know, Seattle beat New England. So if Seattle's clicking and they're, they're playing well, they, they can win. But, man, they, they got to be clicking. Yeah, we'll see. Very, very good week. Now we have a lot to look forward to. So we have this Monday night game. We have a great college basketball game on Tuesday and Wednesday. Thursday we have apparently good games in the NBA, but we'll see how that turns out. Friday is your day off, although Friday is the Pac-12 championship. So that, that that's a good time to have that. Smart by the Pac-12 to kind of take the stage out of themselves. So Friday night, Pac-12 championship. Then you got Saturday with – 
all the other championships. And we'll, we'll probably talk again on Friday. We'll let all the dust settle from Monday night and Tuesday, Wednesday in college basketball into Thursday disasters. And we'll probably talk to you again on Friday and preview the weekend. But it's been a great, uh, a great week. Thanksgiving week is always good in sports. So that's all I've got. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Coach Dave Taylor. Subscribe to this podcast if you like. We do one or two a week, depending on the travel situations. You can follow the pod. You can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes. Get real with Coach Dave Taylor. Email me. Continue those great emails I got this last week on the topics, and I really do appreciate them. And Derek, yours was really good. So I don't think I know you, but in Colorado, I think. Hope I didn't screw that up. But keep the emails coming, Coach Dave Taylor at yahoo.com. Have a great week, everybody. Be safe. Be smart. Leave early. Don't speed. Don't text while you drive. Obviously, don't drink and drive. Just leave early. Drive slow. Be it. Enjoy your life. Live for today, not tomorrow. Have fun. Be responsible. Be responsible. All is good. We'll be on the air on Friday again, everybody. So be good, be safe. We'll talk to you later. I'm going to leave you with the song off the website, yobigbro.com. I hear it's going to be going down soon for renovations. So go on there now if you want to catch on some uh, some great music that's under the radar. My boy Corey Heights does a great job there. I'll leave you with a song called Fan the Flames from Sheer Mag. Enjoy the music. We will talk to you again on Friday. Peace.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus